Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With only four quarters remaining in the 2015 season, our beloved took on the Lions, looking to avoid being swept for the third year in a row and get only our second win of the season at Soldier Field. Did the Bears avoid the season sweep, or did the Lions roar to victory? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 17 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And so it has ended. Officially, the book has been closed on the 2015 season, and our beloved Chicago Bears only one game better than they were a year ago as far as the win-loss column is concerned, but we all know they are a lot better today than they were a year ago at this time. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 17 review episode of the Chicago Bears review, the last show of the regular season. We'll have one more show um haven't quite decided when that's going to be yet like i said i'm going to try to uh get jeff dickerson to come back and uh talk about the uh year in review uh with me uh this year so as soon as i uh, figure out if we can pull that off then uh i'll let you guys know when the uh review episode is going to be um yeah but like i said we're only one game better at six and ten uh than we were a year ago at this time at five and eleven but you know, we all know that this team would beat the piss out of last year's team, uh, you know, and in fairly convincing fashion, I'm sure, especially with the way that the Bears ran the football uh, this year and that being one of our kryptonites a year ago. So, um, yeah, I would definitely like uh, the 2015 team's chance. Uh, just a matter of fact, if, you know, God forbid our offense came out and scored a touchdown, we know that 2014 team is going to fold like a cheap accordion after that. So, um Anyway, didn't get to end it the way we would have wanted to. Um, didn't get that second victory at Soldier Field. Didn't get that second victory in the division. And uh, were swept for the third year in a row by the Detroit Lions. And uh, that is a fact. That is a fact. I did not quite realize it had been six in a row uh, or anything like that. But uh, that is how it went down. We've lost three, three, three straight years uh, to the Lions. And... Uh, yeah, that 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 pisses me off. But anyway, the uh, result being the Bears finish in fourth place once again, uh, which means that our same place opponents for next year are San Francisco and Tampa Bay. So they'll be on the schedule uh, once again. And then we've got the NFC East and the AFC South. And those were the two worst divisions in both conferences uh, this year. So on the surface... It is a much easier schedule next year, especially with teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee, uh, both coming to Chicago. Uh, so we should at least win two more games at home next year. Um, I mean, this this year's schedule, just, you know, AFC, AFC West, NFC West, that was brutal on the face of it. Um, nine, if you include Minnesota and Green Bay, you count them twice. 
So that's four games right there. And then there were five other playoff teams on the schedule this year. Arizona, Seattle, Kansas City, Denver, Washington, and um, who am I forgetting? We got Green Bay, Arizona, Seattle. That's three. Kansas City, four. Minnesota, five. Denver, six. Washington, seven. And then you count Green Bay and Wisconsin, or excuse me, Green Bay and Minnesota twice, making nine games out of 16 were against playoff teams uh, this year. So it's a much it's a tough schedule. And if uh, you go the same route uh, for next year's schedule, aside from Minnesota and Green Bay, the only other playoff teams that we face are Houston and Washington. So at the most, we're going to play six playoff teams, uh, you know, going into the 2016 schedule. So just on the face, it's a much easier schedule. But, you know, I don't expect the NFC East to be, you know, to have a team, only one team above 500 uh, next year. Um, I think maybe the Colts, uh, you know, if they have a decent offseason, they can be back. The Jaguars seem to be a team on the upswing. So we'll see how that all shakes out. You know, if the Bears could have had that schedule this year, we're, we'd be in the playoffs. I have no doubt. I, honestly, I have no doubt. We, we might be a one-and-done team, but there would be a Week 18 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review this year. I have no doubt. But uh, we'll have to wait and see a year ago at this time. Are we talking about playoffs, or are we talking about so close yet so far away, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Only time uh, will tell. So... You know, what do you say we go ahead and let's dive in uh, to this game uh, with the Lions. It's, um, you know, it it, um, it was kind of a frustrating uh, game, uh, especially in the very beginning. Uh, the Lions came charging right down the field in the first quarter and uh, put the ball in the end zone just right off the bat. The Bears have had a developed a really bad habit in the last half of the uh, the last quarter of the season, especially San Francisco, Washington and beyond of giving up touchdowns right off the you know right off the bat the first drive of the game the the our opponent drives the length of the field puts it in the end zone and you know before we get a chance to you know to get our seats warm the bears are already behind on the board knee jerk reaction to the first quarter the bears and the lions and true to form First drive for the Detroit Lions, the opening drive of the game, driven down the field for a touchdown. The Bears really not doing much of anything to stop the Detroit on that first drive. Then the Bears come back, have an awesome drive of their own, drive it all the way down to about the five-yard line, and then a pass to uh, intended for Cameron Meredith in the corner. Looked like there was a pass interference call on the play, but instead the ball gets batted up into the air and intercepted uh, in the corner, killing the Bears' drive. The Bears were actually shut down uh, Stafford on that second drive, sacked him on two plays in a row before they gave the ball back up uh, to Chicago. The Bears have the ball right now to start the uh, second quarter, but basically those those three drives were all that it had because those two opening drives for Detroit and Chicago took up big chunks uh, of the first quarter. So right now it's 7 to nothing. The Bears have the football. They're, they're nearing midfield, and hopefully they can keep the ball moving and get it into the end zone and tie this thing up. Unfortunately, that did not happen. The Bears went scoreless uh, in the second quarter, but in the first quarter, like I said, true to form, 
the Bears defense basically just allowing uh, things to go down, especially on third down. Once again, we'd be good on first and second down, and in third down, we'd falter, and you know, uh, Detroit would be third and eight, and they would get eleven. You know, that kind of thing uh, over and over again. And it was like watching the first game all over again. Matt Stafford was absolutely picking us apart. Now you heard me talk about the Bears sacking him twice. You'll hear me talk about this a, a couple of times in the uh, the knee jerk reactions. It reminded me very much of our old games against Green Bay where we would um, you know you'd be able to say yeah well the defense sacked Aaron Rodgers four times right but that was the only four times we got close to Aaron Rodgers the rest of it he had all day to throw the football and he picked the Bears apart that's very much what we were looking at with Matt Stafford if we weren't burying him into the ground he had forever and a day to throw the ball and he was getting it uh, thrown and all over the place and um you know, the second quarter really wasn't any better uh, than the first. In fact, I think it was worse because if memory serves, I don't even think we got close to scoring in the second quarter. Big <laughs> jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Lions and missed opportunities uh, for the Bears. Um, you know, and it's it's week six all over again as far as the defense is concerned. Matt Stafford is back there. Now, we have we have sacked him about three or four times in the first half, but when the Bears aren't actually sacking him, he's got all the time in the world to throw the ball, and he's picking the Bears apart right across that middle of the field um, that the other teams that other teams have been exploiting us so far uh, in the later half of this year. Uh, on offense, we just can't seem to get anything going. We're not running the ball last week uh, like we did last week against Tampa. And, um, you know, we're, we're had some bad luck on that last drive. The Bears were, were trying to at least get a field goal uh, before the half. Uh, Cutler had Mariani open down the middle of the uh, field, and his arm got hit from behind, uh, threw off the trajectory of the ball, and it got intercepted, ending the drive. And um, Detroit was able to add a field goal at the end of the half to make it 10 nothing. That's where it is right now. So the Bears aren't any by any means out of the game, but with the way the Bears have been playing on offense, we you know, haven't been able to get anything consistent going uh, in the first half. It might as well be 100 to nothing at this, uh, at this point. So things not looking good. However, we do start with the football in the second half down only 10 to nothing. And that was one of the things that I think stood out, on, especially in the stat sheet uh, at the end of the game, was Jay ended up throwing three picks. That one in the first quarter uh, at the end of the opening drive uh, for the Bears was a blatant, in my opinion, pass interference like I don't understand how he didn't get called for it I mean the defender made contact with the football but he never turned around to look for the ball he was basically face guarding Cameron Meredith got his hands up was lucky enough to hit the football and it landed in the hands of uh, the safety for the um, for the Lions uh, for the interception I don't know how the flag wasn't called there he, he didn't even turn around to look for the ball that's that that's supposed to get a flag every time and then in the second quarter, like I said, towards the end of the half, the Bears were driving. And, um, you know, when they showed the replay, I mean, just in, in real time, it looked like that, that, that Cutler got his arm hit. I think it was Ziggy Ansah that hit his arm. Um, threw all, like I said, threw off the trajectory of the ball, especially they had like an end zone angle from it. So the offense is coming at you. And Cutler, you see Mariani cross right across the face, and then you see Cutler cock the you know cock to throw the football, and his arm gets hit, and it goes in the opposite direction that that Mariani was kind of slanting uh, across the middle and gets picked off. 
I mean, especially since there wasn't a bear in the area of where the ball went. So it wasn't, uh, you know, Jay making a bad decision or, or anything like that. His arm got hit and it threw off the angle uh, of the football. That happened again uh, in the fourth quarter in the drive that the Bears were actually trying to win the game. Uh, they were down. But, um, you know, the fortunes did change for a little bit, and it became a football game in the third quarter because the Bears came uh, came roaring back. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Lions, and it's good news, bad news. The good news is the Bears are on the board. They put 10 points up to tie the game at 10 uh, with the Lions. A beautiful touchdown throw from from Cutler to uh, Josh Bellamy uh, tied up the uh, the game at 10 about midway through the third quarter. The bad news being that the Lions came right back down the field and about a 30, 35-yard touchdown pass from Stafford to Calvin Johnson, who is trying to justify the fact that he was voted into the Pro Bowl yet again when he probably didn't deserve it. Well, he didn't. That not probably he didn't deserve it this year, but that touchdown puts the Lions up 17 to 10 uh, right now as they close out the uh, third quarter. The Bears have the football; it's uh, second or third down, one of the two. Uh, trying to see if we can get something going to tie this thing up. And how is the last quarter of 2015 going to end? <laughs> So in the third quarter, we got ourselves a ball game. The Bears, uh, two scoring drives, a touchdown drive, and um, you know a field goal from from Robbie Gold to make it ten uh, ten. And then once again, as Matt Stafford and the Lions just picked us apart and moved it down the field. And then Calvin Johnson uh, <laughs> just. He had a day against the Bears. Ten catches, like 137 yards. Had a couple of touchdowns, uh, I think. Uh, I know he had at least one, the one I was just talking about. He may have had two, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, they showed statistically the last four games uh, against the Bears. Big catches for big yards and everything. And my buddy and I that were watching the game out at the sports bar on, on Sunday, both kind of at the same time, uh, you know, said basically the same thing. Well, Well, that's life without peanut tillman because you remember how calvin johnson was peanut tillman's bitch there when when peanut could stay healthy and and be on the field all the time you know calvin johnson was a non-factor when peanut tillman was out there on the field we have sorely missed uh peanut tillman against the lions the last uh the last two seasons and on a side note for anyone who doesn't know uh peanut tillman was on the carolina panthers this year a team that finished 15 and one and he was one of their starting corners and he tore his acl on sunday so a 15 and one regular season a very good shot at being the nfc representative uh in the uh super bowl so nearly 10 years after the fact peanut gets to go back to the super bowl but uh, he'll be doing it in street clothes and in crutches most likely uh, if they do get a chance to go to Santa Clara and play for the Lombardi Trophy, you know, Peanut to get a ring, you know, but uh, he won't be able to play for it like he did the first time around in 06 uh, with the Bears. But, uh, you know, that was kind of a sad thing to hear that that happened, that he uh, here he was on a team with a legitimate shot to make it to the Super Bowl and he won't be able to play because he hurt himself again. Um, that was kind of sad when I heard about that. But uh, anyway, you know, the third quarter, it was an up-and-down quarter. You know, it was, like I said at the beginning, it was good news, bad news. Good news, the Bears had moved the football, and they got the ball in the end zone, and we tied the game up. But then 
defense decided it wanted to take a few minutes off and let Matt Stafford and company drive the length of the field and put another one in the end zone. And, uh, you know, it, it, it made it a football game, that's for sure. Uh, we got competitive, and the fourth quarter was, uh, was no different. But once again, the Bears make it into a football game, and the defense gives it back up. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Lions, and uh, it's a 1-7 record at home. That one win coming against the Raiders week four, and a 1-5 record in the division. That one win, it was an awesome one against Green Bay on Thanksgiving night. But we get swept by Green Bay and Minnesota. Third year in a row that we're swept by Detroit. I had no idea that we are on a six-game losing streak to Detroit going into 2016. Um, basically, the, the tale of the game was that Matt Stafford had his way with the Bears once again, just like he did in week six when the Bears were coming off those weeks where the defense just looked awesome. You know, we did sack Stafford about four times, but when we weren't sacking him, it, it was kind of like what, what it used to be when, when the Bears played the Packers, where, you know, it's like, yeah, we sacked Aaron Rodgers five times, but that was the only five times that we got to him. The rest of the time, he had all day to get rid of the football, and he ate us up. Same thing with Matt Stafford. I think we sacked him maybe four, four or five times today, but when we weren't sacking him, he had all day to throw the football. He was always finding open receivers and constantly moving the chains. Um, and Jay Cutler threw three interceptions and really I would only blame one of them on Jay the second one, the, the last two both times he was being hit as he threw, it changed the trajectory of the throw into a, a wide open defender who you know picked it off and, and brought it back the Bears were charging, less than two minutes to go Jay drops back the throw he gets hit as he throws the ball sails on him, it's picked off by Detroit they get a first down because the defense can't stop anyone, you know, from converting on third down again. And Detroit ran out the clock, 24 to 20, uh, the final score uh, of the game. You know, just disappointing. The Bears finished six and ten. We finished in last place in the division. And uh, now it's time to uh, to find out what happens. As we go forward into the offseason, it's going to be an interesting, exciting season. The Bears have a ton of cap room. We have a lot of holes that need to be filled. Are we going to be replacing our offensive coordinator or maybe even our defensive coordinator and so on? And where does this loss put us as far as draft picks are concerned? Lots of questions to be answered, and we'll get to them all on the year in review show. But the Bears end the year you know, on a down on a down note, being swept by Detroit for the third year in a row, 24 to 20, and uh, the future is uh, future is is I think the future is bright in Chicago, but uh, we still might have to to wait a little while to to see it. So I I do believe that that the future is bright uh, for the Bears. I think we have the right people in place uh, leading us uh, along the way. I th- think. Uh, Ryan Pace is an excellent uh, talent evaluator. I think that is backed up by the fact of of how many um, rookie free agents we had on the field this year, not just on the team, but on the field making contributions like John Timu, who started the last couple of games uh, at inside uh, linebacker. Jonathan uh, Anderson, number 58, the other inside linebacker, was on and off uh, the field this year. Harold Jones-Corte, who was starting at safety uh, for us these last few games. Uh, Przinski that we got off of, I believe we got him off the Jaguars uh, practice 
uh, squad. Signed him on uh, to our team. He, you know, started for started a few games and made some made some plays for us, especially in that Thanksgiving game against Green Bay. He caused the fumble against uh, Eddie Lacy, you know, and the fact that four out of our six draft picks were major contributors this year. Eddie Goldman, Hironis Grassu, um, you know, uh, Jeremy Langford and Adrian Amos. That's our second, third, fourth, and fifth round picks. The only picks that didn't contribute, quite frankly, never played this year. Teo Fabaluge and uh, Kevin White, our first round pick, didn't play it down. So we were actually in a position where if Kevin White plays, our top five picks all play this year and all started games for us and blah, 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 and, and so on. If we get another one or two uh, draft classes like that where the majority, if not all, of our players make it onto the field and do something for us, we very much could be part of that um, You know that sentence about uh, that we were going on and on about the Packers in the offseason. They've got 57 people on the roster. 56 of them have only ever played for Green Bay. Maybe that could be the Bears in a few years. You know, maybe it could be with rookie free agents, draft choices, and, and so on. You know, maybe, you know, we've only got a handful of guys that haven't played, have played for other teams, and we're, we're winning football games with our own homegrown uh, talent. So maybe that's a discussion that the Bears can be a part of a few years uh, from now. And it seems like just after year one, I mean, I know it's early, but after year one, the Bears are definitely, you know, on the right place, on the right pace to. Uh, uh, to do that, you heard me mention we got a ton of cap space going into that uh, going into this off season, anywhere from fifty five to sixty million dollars, and it could be even more if we part with some guys like Jermon Bushrod. Do you see him in a bear uniform in two thousand sixteen? Because um, he's been healthy for the majority of the season, but even regardless of his health, Charles Leno Jr. has been our starting left tackle even after Bushrod's been healthy. I mean. Bushrod's been relegated to being on the kickoff team or in a kickoff uh, field goal team. Excuse me. He he comes in as that extra offensive tackle. Remember when we used to do that with um, Eben Britton uh, with, you know, with the Bears with with those two years with Tressman, we bring in that extra uh, tackle. Uh, out there to do that unbalanced line that's been Bushrod's job or he's been uh, coming out onto the field uh, for field goals and and things like that that's really or goal line has been the only time that Bushrod's been on the field the later half uh, of the season he's been healthy uh, for the majority of this year he just hasn't been playing I mean talk about an expensive backup quarter uh, backup uh, left tackle where our backup is making probably literally about 10 times what the guy starting in his position is actually uh, making. So, I mean, I think Bushrod's making 6 or $7 million, uh this year, and, and Charles Leno Jr. was a seventh-round pick, so maybe he's making $400,000, uh, dollars you know. So, yeah, that's uh, quite, a big, quite a big uh, pay difference. So uh, we'll see if, if, if Leno's still the answer for us. Or are we going to we're going to draft one because the Bears are picking 11th to answer the question I asked myself moments after the game. Where does this put us in draft position? The Bears are picking 11th uh, in the first round. Uh, I just read actually uh, a few moments ago that um, if the Bears had won against Detroit, it would have put us at 16 is where we would still top half uh, of the draft but um you know as much as i hated losing i like 11 better than i like 16 we'll see what kind of uh, talent we can snag uh with the number 11 uh pick uh in the draft so 
we'll see how uh, how that goes. You know, a very interesting off season. Very interesting off season coming up. I for one am looking forward to seeing what moves the Bears are going to make. You know, do we go after Von Miller in Detroit or does uh do or Detroit in Denver? You know, do we reunite him with John Fox, the guy that drafted him, and he can be the other that other edge rusher at outside linebacker opposite uh, Pernell McPhee? With I mean, could you imagine? That sounds I I love the way that sounds. Miller on one side, Pernell McPhee on the other. You can't double either one of those guys, you know, because if you double McPhee, you're leaving Von Miller one on one on the outside, and then rotate Willie Young and, and Lamar Houston, who both had awesome second halves of the season. You know, Lamar Houston added another sack on on Sunday uh, uh, as well. But, uh, you know, those four guys coming off the edge, and then maybe we draft a defensive end at number 11. Maybe we draft our left tackle of the future uh, at that spot. You know, lots that we can do. We got a few extra picks in the sixth round with the trades to of uh, Jared Allen and John Bostic uh, early in the season. Maybe we use those extra six picks to move up in the fourth or fifth round or something like that uh, this year. Maybe find us another Adrian Amos or Jeremy Langford uh, in those mid to late rounds in day three uh, this year. So, um, you know, looking forward to that. And the drafts in Chicago again. So the top pick will be able to uh, say hello to the NFL in his own uh, – in his own market so it won't have to go far to get to uh lake forest no hopping on a plane or anything uh like that so but uh you know briefly uh just to wrap up the uh the game itself you know it, it happened i said I, you heard me mention in there i only blame jay for one of the interceptions i take it back i really don't blame him for any uh of them it wasn't a bad throw that he made on the cameron meredith uh interception it really should have been a pass interference uh, call that wasn't made the other two he was hit in one way or another as he was throwing the ball and and um, you know changed the trajectory the ball did not go where Jay intended the ball to go and you know landed the in in the open arms of a defender that killed the killed those drives especially the last one the Bears were driving they were moving the moving the chains getting down the field inside the two-minute warning and um, you know we're threatening to uh, we're threatening to take the lead you know, we're down 24 to 20. We're driving the driving the length of the field there. And the Bears had a nice little rhythm going. And uh, Ansah comes around the edge and beats Charles Leno. Hits Jay as he's throwing the football. The ball sails on him and gets picked off. And uh, that was the end of it right there. I mean, the Bears had a chance, had a chance to get the ball back from Detroit. But as you heard me mention, you know, one of the things that's really deteriorated in the last half of the, in the I guess the, the the bottom half of this schedule, in you know from weeks uh, you know say about thirteen on, starting with that San Francisco game and kind of since there, which is ironic because I mean how many times did we talk about wanting to get to this portion of the schedule? I what I saw when I saw this, especially with the way the Bears are playing, that ungodly schedule we had in the first ten games, ten twelve games of the season these last five games i was salivating over them the 49ers and the redskins the the Tampa, the buccaneers and the lions at home to end the season man this could be a four and one stretch what was it a one and four stretch we were five and six coming in we finished six and ten yeah we should have beat washington we should have beat uh, san francisco and we definitely should have beaten detroit um you know, but true to form, 
uh, for the season. Our boys were in it until the very end, kicking and screaming. And, uh, you know, the Bears will be one of those teams that gets talked about next season. We'll see just how serious they're part of the discussion as far as can they be the Vikings for this year. A lot of people like the Vikings and the moves they made in the draft and in the offseason. A lot of people, including myself, thought the Vikings might be a playoff team this year, and it turned out that we were right. Not only that, but they won the damn division when they beat Green Bay on, on Sunday. They won the North. I was not expecting that, but they won the division, And uh, but their their gift for winning the division is they get to host Seattle who about six weeks ago beat the unholy piss out of them in Minnesota 38-7. to uh, If you guys remember us talking to Chris Gates about that a few weeks ago uh, on the show, not a good day for, for Minnesota fans, and I think it's going to happen all over again. Seattle, that's a team you really got to watch in, in the playoffs now because uh, they've quietly, quietly since kind of stumbling out of the blocks, you know, you can't forget these guys are the two-time defending nfc champions and they haven't been the world beaters that arizona has been this year finishing the year 13 and 3 winning the division by about three games uh this year but um they're still the seahawks it's playoff time they're somewhat of a they're they're a clutch team they could definitely run the table even as the sixth seed and get back to the uh super bowl so you got to watch out uh for them but if i had to pick someone in the nfc right now i'd have to go with arizona as as good as Carolina has been, they're not special. You know, I don't I don't think that they're special. I think that they're a product of having an unbelievably easy schedule. They have two games each against the NFC South. Everybody but them was awful this year. They had four games against the AFC South. That entire division was terrible. And I think they played the NFC East this year so they had the bears schedule for next year they remember i was saying earlier in in the in the show if the bears had had the nfc east and the afc south which is our schedule for next year if we had that schedule this year we'd have been a playoff team for sure i, I believe that 100 percent. but um you know we'll have to wait and see how everything shakes out next year but i i we might have been a one and done in the wild card round but i think we would have made the playoffs this year uh, with that schedule but, you know, Carolina, a talented defense. Uh, Cam Newton has been awesome uh, this year. But there's nothing really special about them aside from Cam Newton that you can say, like, you know, will they be able to look back 30 years from now on the 2015 Panthers? Will they still be talking about the 2015 Panthers 30 years from now? Like, you know, for instance, 30 years now we're talking about the 85 Bears still in the argument as one of the best teams ever the single one of the single best football teams of all time is that 85 bears uh team you know there's nothing special about the 2015 panthers i think that makes them you know memorable as the years pass i, I just don't think that there is and and i think that um i don't think they're going to make it to the super bowl quite frankly i think they have an excellent shot especially since they have home field advantage and and so on and every they've they won every game at home this year eight and eight no at home but um you know I, I i don't i think arizona's just too tough and i i think they have whatever they need to beat carolina in the nfc championship game i think that's how it's going to go down i i think arizona might win it all quite frankly but uh and the afc afc's tough to call um because new england's beat up uh denver has it reemerged as the number one seed but 
Will Peyton be able to hold up? Will they switch back to Osweiler? Um, what are the Bengals going to do? Is A.J. McCarron coming back, or is uh, uh, the Red Rifle, uh, what's his name, Dalton, is he going to be healthy enough uh, to return? I heard he got the cast off his broken thumb this week. Is he going to be able to start playing? Like I think at the very least McCarron's going to have to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this week just to get a chance for Dalton to play next week in the divisional round. Can they beat the Steelers? Because the Steelers kind of handed, you know, it was pretty handily beat the the Bengals a couple of weeks ago. So we'll have to wait and see uh, on that one. You know, about uh, five, six weeks ago, there was a Sunday night game between Arizona and Cincinnati. And I quite openly said to anyone who would listen to me at that point, it's like this could be the Super Bowl 50 preview right here. These are, you know, arguably two of the better teams in the league right now. So. You know, or, you know, can the Steelers come from out of nowhere as the sixth seed, as they did about 10 years ago, to make it Super Bowl 40, and they won it as the sixth seed. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Can they do it all again 10 years later? They, they get in by the skin of their teeth in, the, in the, the number six seed. The Jets couldn't beat Buffalo in that final game. It was a win and you're in type situation. The Steelers were the ones that had to win and then pray for help, and the help they got was the Buffalo Bills who beat uh, the Jets on Sunday. And, uh, you know, will the Steelers be able to run the table as the sixth seed there? Um, You know, will Houston figure it out? Can Kansas City, who's won 10 games in a row, remember when we beat them, they were 1-4 after we beat them, 1-5, whatever it was. Yeah, they've won 10 games in a row to finish out the year 11-5 and almost won uh, the AFC West at the same time. It's been a crazy, crazy year. And it's uh, probably one of the toughest years to predict a Super Bowl. It really is. There's no clear cut like, oh, well, you know, like last year, it was pretty easy. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be Seattle and, uh, you know, you thought it might be Seattle and Denver again or, you know, Seattle and New England. Those are pretty much your two choices going in. And sure enough, that's what happened. It's not clear cut this year. And that's. I mean, it's been such a weird year. So many teams with losing records or worse uh, this season. Um, you know, a, a lot of mediocrity in the league as far as wins and losses are concerned. Injuries have played a big role uh, in that. A lot of teams, not just the Bears, obviously, have been eaten alive uh, by injuries. Like the Colts, who are looking like a Super Bowl favorite going into the season, were decimated by injuries. Andrew Luck didn't play much this year, uh, and so on. It's been an odd year. Uh, in the league but uh, you know like I said because of it it's been a top heavy league and and the teams that have been on the top have all made the playoffs but which one of them will stand tall when it comes time to raise the Lombardi trophy about a month from now so it's it's uh, like I said it's going to be one of the toughest postseasons to call and and anyone going into the into the postseason saying that this is what they expected to see at the beginning of the season you're you're a damn liar as far as I'm concerned. Nobody saw Carolina going 15-1. and one. Everyone thought it was going to be New Orleans or Atlanta that won that division. Uh, you know, the AFC South wasn't supposed to be the butthole of the NFL this year. The NFC East was supposed to be one of the toughest divisions in football with Washington on the bottom looking up at everybody else not winning the damn division and everybody else finishing below 500. That was not supposed to happen. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's just been a crazy, crazy year. What does this have to do with the Bears? Well, 
We'll see. <laughs> we will see uh, how much this affects our beloved next year, what moves will be made, and who we're going to be uh, in 2016. I, for one, am looking forward to it. And, um, you know, I can't wait. You know, it sucks that uh, I, I, want, I want to watch this team keep playing. I want to watch them keep growing uh, and everything. I don't want to have to wait until August to see them take the field uh, again. It's going to be a long, a long seven months, seven months uh before this happens you know a lot of people you know people who who give us football fans a hard time about you know well it's you know the season just ended in february it's like no for most of us the season ended in january when our favorite teams played their last game of the year as a football fan yes i get to enjoy football into the month of february because of the super bowl but uh you know as a bear fan my season ended on january 3rd so i'm having not been emotionally invested in a football game since january and you're gonna have to wait until early to mid-september before you care about a game again because as much fun as it is to watch the bears play in the preseason it's still the stinking preseason so anyway that is going to do it for the review of the bears and the lions week number 17 unfortunately our beloved fall short finish six and ten leaving them in the bottom of the NFC North again. But that gives us another victory, another game, or another victory, another game against San Francisco and Tampa Bay. Those are our same place teams. And then we have dates with the AFC South and the NFC East next year. So lots to look forward to, especially if the Bears can put together another awesome offseason. So anyway, that's going to go ahead and wrap that up. What do you say we go ahead and close out the year with our final Bear Up Bear down. Bear up and bear down for the week 17 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And this is your last chance. Those of you out there who have been spreading the word of the Chicago Bears review, letting them know that the show is out here and that they should be listening. If they are Bear fans, this is your last chance to get on the board and try to chase down Eric McCubbin and Tim Uncle Bear Sanchez for the official Chicago Bears review posters made by yours truly. Yes, I designed them myself. I am a amateur graphic designer, and I do like to play with these things in my spare time and uh, made those posters uh, myself. You can go on to the Facebook page to see what the posters look like. You have choices. You either have like kind of like the just the flat look, if you will, and then you have kind of the textured, looks like it's on a jersey type look as well to choose from. And I'm talking to Eric and Tim since it looks like those guys have wrapped up uh, the posters. Can somebody make a late charge and overtake one of those two? We will have to see. Winners will be announced on the year in review episode um, coming up um, probably next week uh, sometime. I, I have reached out to uh, Jeff Dickerson and told him, uh, you know, if he's free that we'd like to do the show either at the end of this week or early next week um, to uh, to do the year in review and see if he'd be able to, uh, to join us and uh, give us his thoughts and his insider info uh, being the one that gets to go to Hallis Hall every day to talk to the team and travel with them across across the country that's the one job 
I'm envious of because when I was in school at Western uh, Western Illinois and I was on the broadcasting team that did their games there, one of the things that I loved more than anything was traveling on road trips. You know, going to the hotels and and being in the press box and calling the game. So it's just one of those things I absolutely loved uh, doing that. I had more fun doing that than uh, than anything else. So I mean, it really was a blast to 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 be able to. Um, to do that so i mean that's that's the one part of, of jeff job that i am i am most envious of is that being able to travel and and go to you know the hotels and being in different parts of the country and uh you know the press boxes and uh as a big as a big fat guy the food in the press boxes was always pretty good so the different different food you'd get and it'd be chicken here or it'd be like when, when we went to play the university of south florida at raymond james stadium in 2001 um they had like professional chefs up there making fajitas in the press box that did not suck at all that was pretty awesome actually but what the hell does this have to do with anything nothing but anyway um speaking of jeff dickerson like i said we hope to get him back on the show to wrap up the season uh if not i'm sure we can uh you know dig into the bullpen and uh, find our good friend ron rugg from football is america see if he'd want to join us to uh recap the year uh with us so one of those two guys is going to be back for the year in review show to wrap things up uh, with us. So on to the final bear up and bear down awards for the regular season 2015. Um, let's just go with the bear down awards and, and just get those out of the way. Uh, you got to give a bear down to the offensive line uh, in the game for a couple of reasons. Number one, our running game was uh, was not was not great or at least we didn't get the running game going matt forte ended up with 70 yards 70 plus yards uh, on the ground uh you know had a decent average but it wasn't like last week against tampa where our running game took over the football game that didn't happen uh in this one in a game where really could have used it to slow down the game to give matt stafford and the offense fewer opportunities or fewer time uh you know less time i should say to be out on the field the Bears couldn't get anything going on the ground on a consistent basis uh, anyway. And then the other thing, as you heard me talk about, you know, Cutler got hit. Two of his interceptions were, were interceptions because he got hit as he was throwing the football, threw off the trajectory of the ball, landed in the open arms of a defender, killing uh, promising drives on, in both uh, instances, especially uh, the last one where he got hit by Ziggy Ansan. The ball sailed on him uh, when he got hit, and it was uh, intercepted, and that ended, uh, seemingly ended the football game. You know, I think Charles Leno was the was the guilty party on that one. I think he was actually the guilty party on both of those uh, second half uh, interceptions. Um, actually, I think the, the first one was in the second quarter, but still, um, you know, offensive line has to be better, and you know, maybe maybe this off season will go a long way in doing that figure out what we're going to do with with Kyle Long and then build around that. We know Matt Lawson will be back. Heronis Grass, who's our center of the future, who is our other guard going to be? Because that was like four different guys this year, you know. And, um, you know, who is our left tackle going to be? Is it going to be Kyle Long? Do we move him over to left tackle and start searching for a right tackle? You know, maybe that depends on on who we draft. Maybe we draft an offensive tackle in the first round at 11, put him at right tackle, slide uh you know um slide Kyle Long over to left tackle 
and then kind of go from there. Because I think that's where Kyle Long's going to end up anyway, is, is the left tackle. I think we're slowly but surely moving him there. And I think that's what the Bears have kind of had him penciled in for since we drafted him. But that's you know kind of been the slow evolution of, of Kyle Long. We've now slided him out the tackle. Now will we switch him over to the left tackle, which is the most important position on the field other than quarterback, um, especially when you have a right-handed quarterback, which I think just about every single one in the league is uh, at this point. So um, long story short, bear down to the offensive line. They have to be better uh, than that. So also bear down to Tracy Porter, who has been outstanding for the most part this year, unexpectedly. Um, didn't know how much he would play this year. Alan Ball was supposed to be the other uh, corner outside of uh, Kyle Fuller uh, this season. That did not work out. But uh, Tracy Porter kind of reemerged once he got himself off the injury list. Um, you know, shut down Amari Cooper, uh, had some solid, solid football games uh, throughout the year, especially in those green in that Green Bay game on Thanksgiving night. Tracy Porter was outstanding, had two interceptions uh, in that game, even though one of them was taken away by a bogus penalty. Um, but he played outstanding in that win over Green Bay on Thanksgiving night. But 10 catches, 137 yards, two touchdowns to Megatron. You're no Peanut Tillman when it comes to Megatron. There was in a game where we really could have used you and you know uh, could have used some fuel to the whole. Did he get snubbed from the playoff uh, Pro Bowl fire? Uh, all you did was pour gasoline on it, you know, or actually maybe the opposite. Uh, you poured sand on it and you put the fire out because uh, yeah, there was no question you didn't deserve the Pro Bowl after you uh, mishandled uh, Calvin Johnson and were victimized by him pretty much the entire game so bear down to Tracy Porter on that and um you know I hate to do it but bear down to Vic Fangio um you know we just couldn't for the for the last like quarter of the season that middle of the defense there and it's not like it was against um with uh, with Mel Tucker you know remember how I used to say behind the linebackers in front of the safeties it was always more about finding a soft spot in the zone that was always in the middle of the field it wasn't a behind the linebacker in front of the safety thing it was there was something different uh, about it it's like our players were there they were just you know they were getting beat to the spot or you know whatever the case may be um, but always in a part of the of the zone right there in the middle of the field that was getting eaten up time and time and time and time again, especially in the last five, six weeks uh, of the season um, at a time when, I mean, this really should have been the, the meat of the schedule that we were looking forward to. Every single one except maybe that Minnesota game was a winnable game, and we let them all get away. We let them all get away. So, And the defense was a part of the problem on that because we couldn't keep the offense on the field or get the offense on the field for that matter. Um, you know, but, uh, so bear down to Fangio, whatever was lacking in execution or in scheme or whatever that was always leaving that middle of the field open like that. That's on the guy calling the plays. So, and then finally bear down to the defense overall, uh, tackling and third down conversions against Detroit were just atrocious, absolutely atrocious. And, and, and nothing was more obvious on that final drive where, uh, you know, the Lions uh, were, were, you know, the Bears had two timeouts 
after the last Cutler interception. They had two timeouts. They had a chance. They could have gotten the ball back with about 30 seconds uh, to go uh, if they'd have just forced the punt. And, you know, poor tackling allowed Detroit to get another first down and put the game away. And, uh, you know, another sweep, another loss, one in seven at home. Just, um, you know, and the defense was terrible as far as tackling. I mean, there's so many times we had a chance to get a beat on a guy either for no gain or a loss and miss the first tackle and allow Detroit to get out into the open. So poor tackling and third downs were atrocious uh, on Sunday. Now, on to the bear ups. You guys might question me for this one, but bear up to Jay Cutler. You know, the three interceptions, I really don't put any of the three interceptions on Jay. It was more how the the team failed Jay more than anything. Like Ron Rugg likes to say, the team failed Jay. Now, that's not something you would hear us say often about Jay Cutler, but in this case, it was absolutely true. Um, the team didn't fail Jay on that first one. That was just a bad call by the referees. Should have been a pass interference. We didn't get the call. The other two, the offensive line failed to protect our quarterback who got hit as he threw and turnovers came after that. But aside from that, Jay Cutler had two intercept or two touchdowns. Aside from the three picks, he had two touchdowns, and he was 17 of 23, which basically means he was perfect on Sunday. Without those interceptions, he probably has a sky-high quarterback rating after this football game. Um, you know, 17 of 23 for like 250 yards in the game. That's an outstanding afternoon along with two touchdowns. Uh, and such you know it's just too bad we couldn't protect him uh to to help him do better than that which not easy to go better than 17 to 23 but we could have if we'd have been able to keep him upright uh in the game uh bear up to matt forte i think he had 76 yards rushing at another 30 or 40 uh through the air you know so another 100 plus yard performance in total uh total yardage didn't get in the end zone and very what and what very well could be uh, his final game in a bear uniform. I know that you guys all have mixed feelings about the fate of Matt Forte. Forte not being very subtle when he cleaned out his locker on Monday. The one thing he left behind was a T-shirt with his jersey number on it that said workhorse across the top. Kind of heavy-handed if you ask me. But, uh, you know, it's not like we don't know what Matt Forte has done for the Bears over the years. Uh, and it's not like it isn't appreciated or anything like that. It's just that's the nature of the business. You're a 30-year-old running back. Your decline is is closer than it is further away. And, um, you know, I do believe that Forte's got a good two or three years left. But, you know, will he be able to bring down his price tag so he can stay in Chicago? Because I, I, at the very least, I think it would be foolish of the Bears not to have a conversation about it, not to talk to Matt and see what he's asking for, see what he's looking for, but to know much like the end of Walter Payton's uh, career where he was literally like 50-50 on the field with Neil Anderson, um, that's pretty much the role he should play uh, going throughout the rest of his uh, career, at least in Chicago. If he comes back, maybe sign a two-, three-year deal to stick around and uh, you know he's on the field half the time, Jeremy Langford's on the field, and Kadeem Carey's our you know, short yardage guy. At least that's how it kind of panned out, especially in the Tampa Bay game. But um, if he comes back, great. If he doesn't, I think we'll be okay. I really do. So 
Uh, like I said, I talked about it, I think, earlier, either early this week or I talked about it last week. You know, kind of the same attitude I had about Lovey. You don't want to see Lovey go, but you, you, you kind of feel like it's time for a change to be made. And, and I think that might be the case here. Um, you know, maybe it's just time to, especially with, with Ryan Pace at the helm, him being a new guy, a new regime that, um, you know, wants to bring in his uh, bring in his old guys and start fresh and, and kind of build, uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a new foundation. And uh, Matt Forte being 30 years old, going into his ninth year in the league and so on, you know, maybe it's just something that Pace isn't quite interested in. I do think at the very least we at at the very least we should have a you know if nothing else as a courtesy just to see what Forte wants and what his expectations would be and you know that kind of thing instead of uh just don't do what Phil Emery did and throw one offer on the table it's like take it or leave it you don't want it screw you you're done goodbye you can't do that like he did to Erlacher and uh Forte deserves more than that absolutely so we'll see what happens there and then finally he could be the MVP of the game uh, for the Bears, especially on the offensive side, but bear up to Mark Mariani. You know, he had six catches for 80 yards in the game, and every one of his catches seemed to be clutch at once, one point uh, or another. I don't think he had like a four-yard catch or a five-yard catch. This, he was he was catching for 10 yards here, 12 yards there, so on and so forth. I mean, 80 catches, you know, or excuse me, 80 yards in six catches, that's about, you know, 17 yards uh well uh, say you know about 13 yards or so 13 plus yards a catch um you know in 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 the game on sunday so i mean an outstanding job for him and maybe maybe that's something that we need him for next year i mean i know we've kind of been calling him the west welker of our team there's nothing wrong with that i have no problem with if mariani comes in and he's the number four guy with uh with alshon and kevin white and eddie royal and then we kind of sprinkle in Marquise Wilson if he's back with us uh, next year. Um, you know, I like that wide receiving uh, tandem. And, and Mariani, I like him. I think he's earned a spot, uh, you know, in that third and fourth uh, wide receiver position, the slot guy that, uh, you know, makes those tough catches across the uh, across the middle because I also think that we should uh, remove him as a, as a punt returner, a kick returner. I think we need to find somebody else for that maybe we somebody we can draft one of those late six round picks or something we'll have to wait and see but he played outstanding on sunday it seemed like every time the ball came in his direction he was making a good catch and and helping the bears uh move the chain so bear up uh to mark uh mariani uh, a great game uh on sunday so that will do it for the week 17 review episode of the chicago bears review uh stay tuned either on Twitter, at Shy Bears Review, or make sure that you check me out on the Facebook page. Just search Chicago Bears Review uh, on Facebook to stay posted as to when the year-end review episode will be out and we'll announce our winners for our Spread the Word uh, challenge. Um, will it be uh, Tim and Eric, or will somebody else uh, come along and steal that number two spot from, from one of them? We'll have to wait and see. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.